Morning, Mark. Morning. Uh, can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. Sound Got Mark Leibovich on the line. Uh, this is the author of Thank You for Your Servitude. And I have to tell you, Mark, I love the picture, the jacket illustration by uh, Andrew Ray. Mm. All those uh, fawning sycophants, is that the right word? Mm. Uh, looking mm-hmm. up at, at the, the man Trump. Uh, who is the guy in the right-hand corner with the leprechaun guy? Um, oh, um, Jeff Sessions. He's oh, that's Keebler- Jeff Sessions. Okay. Yeah, he's Got the him. Keebler elf. Um, don't ask me why, by the way. I didn't do the illustration. I mean, I didn't like work with the illustrator at all. It just sort of popped out and it's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, I was sort of intrigued by that also. Yeah. But uh, Mark's uh, been no no uh, stranger to Washington. Uh, this is, uh, I think, well, your second book. First one was This Town about Washington, D.C., the scene there. Ten years as the chief national correspondent of the New York Times Magazine. Now with Atlantic, uh, Mark, welcome. Um, this book, with you. which is you know all you know as you can as we just described the cover uh, about the the Trump years, mm-hmm. um, and and you start with the Trump International Hotel as the setting. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that. What drew you to that? It sounds pretty good. Well, uh, pretty good scene for a writer. Yeah, it, it, it's um, basically the Trump International Hotel opened up in 2016, and it, it's on Pennsylvania Avenue, halfway between the White House and Capitol Hill. And it was really the, the, the social center of Washington for four years during the Trump years. I mean, mostly Republican Washington. You'd go in there and, and a lot of reporters would go in there because you could get a lot of work done. And you'd see, you know, tons of Republican congressmen running around. Uh, it was sort of like Rick's Cafe in Casablanca, right? It was like a big party. And, and you'd have like Rudy running around and the Secretary of the Treasury and the Trump kids and um, all these sort of Trump tourists from around the country that sort of figure, well, you, you know, if we can't see um, Cinderella herself, we might as well see the castle. So uh, it was quite a scene. It was like right out of a cinema, you know, treatment of, of this. And and I spent a lot of time sort of describing the scene. And the ultimate was when Cinderella himself would come to the palace and have dinner. And Trump would, the only restaurant around Washington that he would agree to eat at outside of the White House was the Trump International Hotel. So he'd come in for steaks. He'd get a 40-ounce tomahawk steak, shrimp cocktail, French fries uh apple pie or chocolate cake for dessert and a bucket of diet coke same thing every single time and he needed that big applauded entrance and departure um in order to make the experience complete so (laughs) yeah to to actually see that was quite a quite a thing and kind of a weird normal of washington during a very very weird and sometimes very scary time we're talking with mark levich about his book thank you for your servitude there's some fascinating i think fascinating maybe a a flattering way to put it, uh, characterization of some of the people in the book, uh, Lindsey Graham, Kevin McCarthy, uh, these guys uh, who I think are well known to our listeners because they're national figures, but they really come off as, wow, they say one thing and do another. And, and yeah. you, you make a big point of Lindsey being uh, at once uh, the sort of uh, wingman for John McCain, mm-hmm. who who comes off yeah. pretty well, uh, I think, in, yeah. in your in your writing. Um, what is it with Lindsey Graham? What do you, what do you think uh, is about, he's about <laughs> Lindsey Graham needs to be United States Senator from, uh, from South Carolina. And in order to do that, you got to make it work with Donald Trump because Donald Trump is very popular in South Carolina. And, 
Um, you know, as Lindsay himself said to me on more than one occasion, if you don't want to be reelected, you're in the wrong business. And um, look, I mean, Lindsey Graham made it work for Lindsey Graham. There's probably no one in the U.S. Senate who needs the job of U.S. Senator more than he does. And so he, um, look, he was willing to do things that maybe uh, he didn't really agree with. And certainly John McCain, his best friend in the Senate, didn't agree with him. And, and they had some really tough conversations at the end of McCain's life. And so it was, um, you know, it was it was quite a thing that he was willing to, to say what he said in order to do it. But I think one of the one of the working assumptions I had in writing this book was, um, you know, they all knew better. The Republicans who, you know, you and, and the listeners sort of hear talk about Donald Trump and such lavish praise in public are often saying very, very different things about him, quite contemptuous things about him in private. And I think that that's worth pointing out. And I wanted to sort of chronicle how they're trying to, how they could live with themselves and how they could make it work. You, you make a point in the book, Mark, about the accomplices who make Trump possible mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and kind of leading right to the, I won't even say the present, the future. 2024 yeah. is, is just hovering a, a couple of years away. Um, yeah. You know, so we, we, we may not be done with this story. No, we're not. I mean, it seems like the never ending story, right? I mean, we are, um, we are, we're like six, seven years into this, right? If you sort of start the clock when, when Trump came down the escalator at Trump Towers in, in June of 20, 2015, that's what, uh, seven years ago. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I guess I'm, it's good to hear people say that it was an enjoyable read and they laughed and it's fun to read on the beach and, and you know, it's good to kind of enjoy the kind of cinematography of this but ultimately it's an extremely serious story i think there are a lot of depressing elements to it and it's you know for our purposes it is forward looking because 2024 is only a couple of years away and i think donald trump's going to run again and i think he's probably going to win the nomination again and um who knows i mean the democrats you know lord knows have a lot of problems and biden's got a lot of problems and and you know get trump into a general election he could win again so um, yeah, I, I think, you know, buckle up. It's going to be, um, you know, pretty scary <laughs> few up. years. Yeah. Mark, you probably got, get asked this a lot, especially since the books come out, but what is it about this, this Trump appeal in your mind? Because you talk about people saying one thing and then telling you something else in confidence, like, yeah. you know, we're all in on the joke or whatever it is. <laughs> is it, is it the celebrity? Yeah. What, what, what is it that makes yeah. him so, so popular? I mean, I think a lot of what made him popular up front was celebrity. I mean, I think people say, oh, celebrity, it kind of has like diminishing, rep- you know, it, it has some demeaning um, connotations in some way. But no, ultimately, Americans love celebrities. And he was different. They also love different. Um, and he yeah. was a different kind of politician. And he said things that, you know, he, he might have got caught in like a million different lies, but he ultimately spoke in a way that I think a lot of people thought, you know, sounded authentic to them. He said, you know, he's a truth teller, which was a weird paradox between like truth teller and, you know, possibly, you know, pathological liar, like, right? And so there was, um, you know, he was compelling. And, and I think one of the reasons he's so, um, you know, people are so as- afraid of him in, in Republican circles and elected Republican circles is that, he doesn't play by a lot of rules. I mean, he has no problem, you know, summoning his supporters. I mean, there's a lot of intimidation that goes on within the party. He expects total loyalty. And, and frankly, I think a lot of the people who could have stopped him inside the Republican Party and who would probably like to be able to think they had the courage to stop him 
just don't have it in them to to really you know fight effectively back against him with some exceptions i mean liz cheney's one mitt romney's one i mean mccain was one but but there really haven't been a lot of examples like that so i mean i think essentially donald trump will take what's given to him and and the republican party has allowed him to sort of take whatever he wants talking with mark Leibovich about the book thank you for your servitude which recounts and and runs as, as we say right to the present on the, the the sort of i guess you could say the trump phenomenon if that's yeah. what history will will call it you yeah. know i was thinking mark after i finished your book i thought it's a good thing the united states is not a monarchy if this is the way we treat a king because it does they're all kissing his ring and telling yeah. him how great he is i mean it sounds like something out of a movie that you know for henry the eighth or yeah. something and, and this is this is us yeah in the 20, 2020 it, it really i mean yeah, it's true. I mean, it's also in the Republican Party, which, you know, the Republican Party is supposedly the, the party of rugged individualists, right? Of, of people who, you know, are kind of, you know, kind of believe in family values and and of your word and, and rule of law and so forth. But yeah, no, I mean, it's the, the prevailing dynamic within the Republican Party has been that of kissing the ring. And, and Donald Trump is someone who demands that his ring be kissed, right? So, um, yeah, it's been kind of an amazing thing to watch, you know, in America and, and again, again, in a party that, that does sort of, you know, traditionally has valued um, personal responsibility and independence in some, in some ways. So, yeah, it's been something to watch. I'll say that and we'll, we'll see where it leads. You, you, um, you know, in the, in the, I think in the back of the book, I think kind of just sort of just describing how you put this thing together. Uh, over 250 interviews over a six-year period. Um, so, you know, you've talked to a lot of these players, the, the big mm-hmm. players. They know you, um, you know, and, and have known you yeah. on the media beat. Um, yeah. So what do you think? I mean, is there anyone out there in the Republican Party that, that wants to run in 2024? Oh, I think a lot of them would like to run in 24. Um, you know, the question is, you know, can they beat Donald Trump? And and I don't think they can. But I think, you know, the the uh, governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, certainly has been making a lot of noises about running for, for president. He seems to have a following, you know, among sort of people who want an alternative to Trump, you know, Republicans. Uh, Liz Cheney, you know, I think will probably run whether she wins re-election or wins her primary in Wyoming or not. She's been a very sort of clear-voiced uh, critic of, of the president around the January 6th commission hearings, which I think have been more effective than, than a lot of people thought they would be. Um, you know, Mike Pence, you know, has been making noises about possibly running. Um, you know, I don't know how he would do, given that Trump has turned a lot of his supporters against him, given that he didn't, you know, help him win, you know, stop the certification of Joe Biden. So, yeah, I think there are a lot. I think there'll be a lot, whether Trump runs or not. I think, obviously, if Trump doesn't run, there'll be more candidates. But I, I, I wouldn't expect him to run unopposed if he does um, decide to go ahead and try this again. And, and one more thing, and that's... Yeah. On the Democratic side, uh, yeah. Biden's going to be what eighty or something, and not that that dis, you know disqualifies <laughs> him, but that's going to yeah. be a tough run. I mean, yeah, Trump. it'll be eighty. He'd be eighty-two um, if wow. you know if he runs again. I mean, look, he'll be eighty in a couple months. Uh, you know, I think if you ask most Democrats and certainly most voters, they'd say it's too old. Um, and yet, you know, look, I mean, Joe Biden has a right to run again and he says he's going to run again. And it's not like Democrats have a natural heir apparent ready to step in. So, 
Um, you know, one of the things about Trump is that he has made people pretty risk averse, right? And and I think the reason Biden was successful in getting the nomination for the Democratic Party in 2020 was because people saw him as having the best chance of beating Donald Trump, which he did. And, um, you know, that might be the, the prevailing calculation again. Um, I don't know. I mean, it would be nice to get some younger blood. That's That's my personal opinion, but I'm not sure we're going to get that. Well, in any event, Mark, I know you're going to be uh, watching the scene and recording it for us. And uh, the book is Thank You for Your Servitude. And there's, there's a lot of humor in there. There's a lot of, you know, very serious stuff, as you said. And uh, it just uh, I wish you the best. And uh, right. as we move as we move further into this era of uh, whatever it's going to be called by the, the historian. Yeah, well, Lord help us all. But thank you for having me on, uh, 